Welcome to Exploring the Mystical Side of Life with your host, Michelle Aubin and Linda Lang. Welcome to Exploring the Mystical Side of Life. I'm Michelle Aubin here with Linda Lang. Hi, Linda. Hi, Michelle. Great to be here today. And we thought this episode would be a nice time to do part two of the I Ching. We had a conversation in one of our previous episodes about how books can speak to us in various ways. And so this is going to be the episode where we actually do an I Ching. I have not done these in years, but I've used the book to get insight on different things at different times in life. And Linda's going to ask a question, and I have no idea what it's going to be. So this is a big surprise for me. So did you have any questions or thoughts before we go into that? I, I think it would be good to have a little bit of background. I don't really know a lot about it. I think there's, is there 64 hexagrams in yes. the I Ching? Yep, and we went over this in another episode, but it's, it's good to have a refresher. So the way it works is you take three coins, and they can be any coins, and you throw them, you get heads or tails in different combinations. And depending on how many heads and how many tails you get, you get a numerical equivalent. And so I have to read my notes because I wrote this down years ago. Heads is a two, tails is a three. And so if you get three heads, that's a six. If you get three tails, that's a nine. You have to throw the coins six times because a hexagram has six lines. So you figure out the math for each line and you start at the bottom and you work your way up. And what I do is I literally like throw the coins, I figure out because I made my little cheat sheet, and then I, I write the line, and I do that six times, and I'll show everybody as I go through it. So it actually doesn't take that long once you get used to it, but it's just that you need to figure out for yourself. I think this sounds fascinating. You know, I'm no stranger to Oracle cards or, you know, picking a card and getting a message. I've not ever done I Ching. Uh, before. So this is kind of a fun thing. I think this is fun. Now, my question to you about the question that I'm supposed to come up with would be like, what kind of questions can you ask an I Ching? Like, can they be really specific questions or can they be, you know, big life path questions or? All of the above. This book will answer questions that are mundane, like should I take the bus or should I take an airplane on my vacation, right? Like it will give you, and, and you'll see this when I do the reading, it, it can have very poetic meanings. And so the art is in the interpretation, but sometimes it's like cut and dry. It's great for legal questions. It's great. You can ask about politics. If you have a situation at work and there's some kind of drama playing out and you don't understand how to succeed it with the political environment, 
um, that would be helpful or family dynamics. Now the reason all of this can work so well is because the hexagrams are supposed to be representative of every potential outcome in life. And that sounds grand and it is. And so it's like this grand cycle. In addition to that, the language, when you figure out what hexagram it is and what number it is, and you read the text, they will refer to people that were in society in China in this era when this book was written. So you have the great man, you have daughter, you have these roles that are spoken about. So much to it. Well, let's give it a shot. We'll give it a shot. There are characters that are in different hexagrams playing out various facets of life. And so it's almost like a story. And when I get a hexagram and I figure out what it is and I read the story, sometimes it like pops right out at me. Sometimes I need to kind of sit with it and go, oh, what is this story telling me? So we'll get a flavor of it. And it's not like whipping out a card. There's a little bit of a process to it. But what I find when I've done this, the process helps me get into a meditative state and get into the present moment. So it isn't that long to throw coins six times, but it isn't like I'm just going to whip out a card, right? So we're just going to ask everybody to bear with us as we do this. Does that help? Is it, it's a very long-winded. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I was actually kind of really focusing. I wanted to know if you needed like a 3D kind of everyday life question or if you can have like, I don't know, soul path lessons, but it's all good, right? You, you can ask really any question under the sun. You can ask about the stock market. You can ask about, I mean, really, it's a very wise book that has okay. all the options possible and interpretations. Okay, so. perfect. And, and it doesn't have to be a yes, no question. No, but it can be. It can be. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think, I'm not sure what I'd like to ask, but I think what I'll ask for is a little bit of guidance for, I have a, a time coming up where I'm going to be alone for a little bit. It's like a, a retreat, a Linda retreat, let's mm -hmm. say. And so I would be curious what the I Ching could tell me about that time frame. you know, how I could make best use of it or what a, a good focus would be during that retreat for my own growth, evolution, and health, let's say. So I'm writing down, I didn't write down every single word that you just said, but um, I'm just writing down, I, I always need to do that because it helps, you know, it helps with the process. Okay, so we have the question and I have these three coins and I'm just shaking. There's really no special way to do it. I'm just shaking them. So they're like quarters or they're nickels. all this. Yeah. They all have to be the same size okay. and they all have to have heads or tails. And once you figure out your question, when you throw the idea is that the energy of the answer will manifest in your throw. And it's okay that I'm doing it. If you're doing it for yourself, you would be the one doing it, or you 
you know, we could have had you get the coins, but it's okay, I'll do it. I just tossed them all at the same time. And what came up is we have two heads and one tail, okay? So what I do, but I write down two heads and one tail, and then I write equals, and I use my little cheat sheet, two heads and one tail is seven. Okay, now I'm gonna do it again. And I got two tails and one head, and that equals eight. I'm just gonna keep doing it. Two tails, one head equals eight. I got another eight, and I got, now this one is two tails and one head. All right, so we got one, two, three, four, five, and we got one more. And this again is two tails and one head. Now, this is just the system I do, right? So I, write, I wrote everything from the bottom up, right? And what I like to do is I write down the coins because when I'm doing it, I can get like, what, are, what am I looking at? So I write down what I got and then I write down the number that it equals. Now, this is going to tell me, depending on what the coin toss was, it's either going to be a straight line or a broken line. And so when you have odd numbers, it's a straight line. When you have even numbers, it's a broken line. Okay, so for this one, we have a straight line and then all broken lines. So this is what is called a hexagram. A hexagram, which is a picture description of the numbers. And what's interesting is how oftentimes the text will portray the visual of this all those lines being open. Okay, so now the next step is we look at that hexagram and we find out what number hexagram it is. A hexagram is made up of two parts. And I just divided that hexagram. There's the, there's the top and the, bar, the bottom. Did that just make sense? There's three lines on top and three lines on bottom. And the three lines on top are all open. And on the bottom, you have the two lines open and the bottom one closed is how they describe the lines, the broken lines. The reason we do this, because, because when you go to your chart, you look at the top hexagram, you look at the top hexagram across, and the bottom hexagram down, and you find out where it is, and that gives you the number. So that you don't have to flip through 700 pages of the book to look for the right one. So I'm looking, and I'm finding that it is, I don't know how to, if I'm saying this the right way, Kuhn, Kuhn or Kuhn, and then Chen, which gives us number 24. Here's your answer, Linda. So now I'm looking up 24. This book has two sections. One of them is the I Ching, and we don't know who the author is, but it's all 
the hexagrams with the information about them. Then you have another book with the commentaries. And the commentaries are, I think it's three people who studied and wrote commentaries. One of them was Confucius, and the other two were emperors. And that's why I think this book is so fascinating, because you not only get the reading itself, you get the commentaries if you want them and if you find them helpful. And that's, to me, the joy of this book. And sometimes the frustration of it is that it's like, can be so much there, you know? Okay, so we have 24, which is called return, and in parentheses, the turning point. Okay, so if I read to you, take notes on anything that resonates. And I'm, I'm not going to read word for word because it would just be too much. I'm going to skip through. And they talk about lines having dark and light qualities. And that's part of the language of this. They're saying the time of darkness is past. The winter solstice brings the victory of light. And that this hexagram is linked with the month of December, January. Okay. So that is sort of the pre- amble. Then there's a kind of poem. I'm going to read the poem. So the judgment is what they call the poem. Return success, going out and coming in without error. Error is a word in this book that is not necessarily like, I mean, I did something wrong, but it, it, you get a feel for the word. Friends come without blame. To and fro goes the way. On the seventh day comes return, and it furthers one to have somewhere to go. They're talking about now. Now that's sort of the that's sort of the the poem part. Not really a poem, but the light has been banished, and now it's returning. There's movement, but it's not by force. The movement is natural. It's spontaneous. So because of this, transforming the old is easy. The old is discarded and the new is introduced. They're talking about groups of people that share the same views coming together. And these groups are in harmony because there's no selfish separatist tendencies. So that gives me the idea of like socializing with like-minded people or finding some kind of affiliation well, it sounds like I'm going to have a pretty good time, not of isolation, but of, you know, stepping into myself, whether I'm by myself or with others. Yeah, and it's saying that what's, it, it's going to feel like a natural progression. It's not going to be forced. The, the image of the light returning is interesting. It's like a natural, a natural movement. Now there's a lot more here. There's, there's so much to, to pull from this. Like movement is just at the beginning. Therefore, it must be strengthened by rest so that it will not be dissipated by being used prematurely. So I don't know if that ties into this. Allowing energy that's renewing itself to be reinforced by rest applies to all similar situations. It signifies the return of health after illness, the return of understanding after estrangement, and everything must be treated tenderly and with care at the beginning 
so that there will then be a flowering. Oh, that's so, beautiful. Yeah. So that's just the first book. We're not looking now at the commentaries and dissecting it or anything like that. But that gives you an idea of like it's conveying a certain kind of energy. They talk about a certain season. They talk about certain dynamics. And it really captures this one that we just read really captures the idea of a natural evolution, resting and nurturing something so that it can bloom and this kind of collaborating in a way that's natural. So those are, those are my takeaways from what we read. I would say that that's pretty bang on, Michelle, because I'm really looking at this time frame. It's actually a two-week time frame, and I will be spending a lot of time by myself, but I will also be spending it with like-minded people as well. And I feel it almost, you, you know, I've told you before that I've kind of been going through this huge... Uh, internal shift. And it really does feel like a time when I can come back to myself and mm -hmm. really start to, to blossom that energy that I hold inherently within myself. So I'm actually really looking forward to it. Yeah. And even the name of it is called the return. It's like you're, it's like returning this energy within to nurture whatever you're whatever you're nurturing within. Fantastic. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to my uh, two weeks. Uh... Yeah, that was fun. So you, you get an idea of the language of it. You get an idea of how deep it can go. And if you wanted, if you had like a, an issue that you wanted more understanding, you could turn to the commentaries and read. I mean, we're reading the words of Confucius in here if we want to, which is really interesting. And you can see how it can be applied because it's metaphorical. It can be applied to many situations. And in your situation, it applied to this time period for you. But you could apply it to almost any situation. Concrete, you know, relationship-based, career-based. It, it really is how you interpret the imagery. And, and I find it fa it's a fascinating book. Well... I really thank you for sharing it uh, today and for giving me some positive reaffirming comments about my, my upcoming kind of sabbaticals. So I think it's just fantastic. And I'll look forward to reading a little bit more about hexagram, hexagram 24. 24, yes. Yeah, yeah you good. could probably get these days with the internet, you could probably get some interesting insights too. I used to use this book before the internet and... It'd be interesting to see what, how people interpret that hexagram. All right. Very good. Well, thank you again, Michelle. I think that's it for today, unless you have anything else you'd like to tell the viewers. No, I think that captures it. If there's anything uh, people have questions on that I wasn't clear in explaining, feel free to write a comment below and I'll clarify whatever. Um, I don't know how this comes across, if it comes across as complicated or not, but once you get into the habit of having your little cheat sheets and everything, it's not that hard to, to do. Great fun. Great fun. <laughs> Thanks again, Michelle. Thank you, Linda. Bye, everyone.